Hey everybody, this is Greg. My guest this week is going to take us on her journey to MS, multiple sclerosis, and her healing from MS. She's been symptom-free for about 18 years, I think she said. And how she did it was she knew that the doctors didn't know the answer or how to help her. Most doctors don't have a great understanding of how we develop autoimmune diseases. If you have an autoimmune disease, MS or otherwise, listen in and see what she did. She uses science, emotion, energy healing, all to get to the point where she is symptom-free. And she can help you too, I believe. Listen in and do share. If you enjoy it, leave a comment. Uh, I appreciate you. This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who have a lot of living yet to do, who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor, maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50. Today, my guest is Tracy Hill. Tracy is here to talk to us about conscious evolution, about reclaiming personal power, the power of self-love, energy, how our energy states. That's what it's all about in terms of having the life we want. Would you agree, Tracy? 100%. Yeah. So you are a coach at the moment. And you've had a lot of different roles and education along the way. And I want you to tell us your story because we here in the Rebellious Wellness community are always interested in healing stories. Like how can we have a life uh, of vitality no matter what life throws at us? And life threw you a big curveball when you were young. So tell us a little bit about that, where you started and how you got here. Sure. Um, well, I was getting, I was going to school at University of Illinois, Chicago. I had finished my bachelor's degree and was going for my master's degree. I was working full-time in the human performance lab, taking athletes, making them better athletes. I was also exercising way too much, training for two marathons and a 24-hour race and all this other stuff. And at one point, uh, the whole left side of my body went numb. And... It was for at least four hours, could have been longer. And this is back in 2000. And then I, the next day would be kind of fine. Then the next day I'd like trip on nothing in the lab. And I'm like, I don't know what I just tripped on, you know? So this was going on for a couple of weeks. And I finally went to a neurologist and he's like, I think you have multiple sclerosis. I kind of felt better at the moment because, oh, I got a diagnosis. Right, right. I was like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> you know, like, what is it? Of course, I confirmed with other tumor neurologists and a spinal tap and all that stuff. So I became a lab rat, but um, I was very confused in the beginning. And I did start a medication that was a daily shot. And I wow. felt like I had a flu every single day. It was miserable. And I'm like, this can't be okay. This, this is not living. I'm just barely surviving. What am I doing this for? And I had this kind of aha moment that maybe this is not the way doctors don't know 
why you get an autoimmune disease and there's no cure, which tells me they don't know anything about it. <laughs> They're just <Yeah>. taking <laughs> at this point. So I went to the pet store to get my dog food and there was a lady working in there. Um, she was a little bit older than me at the time and she had said she had MS. I'm like, you do? She's like, yeah. I'm like, well, are you taking anything? She goes, no, I just do it naturally. I'm like, wait a second. This, it's like dawned on me, like, why didn't I think of that? So for a year straight, I did so much digging, 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 digging. I was in the army and I got nine shots to go overseas. And those shots are really, really yeah. dangerous to the body. Didn't know that. <laughs> and I had, well, I was bit by a tick that buried itself in my neck when I was three for about two days. I got mono at 13. So I had a lot of little bumps in the road. Yeah. And then all the stress I was putting on myself at this point in my life, just finishing my master's degree, working full time, training way too much. And it was like, my body's like, no, you're done. <laughs> so it all started with diet um, first. And even though I ate really well, but I, I knew there had to be something more to autoimmune disease. So I went to diet and eventually doing all this digging and really understanding, you know, if, if my disease is related to stress and I, I got it because I'm stressed, what made me get MS versus someone else who gets say heart disease. Mm. So I started to unpack all of these things and going into Chinese medicine and under, you know, just really unpacking really what's going on here. And what I learned is that it all comes down to emotions. About 95% of diseases are actually emotional because we aren't taught how to release emotions. We aren't taught how to release that energy so that our body's not hanging on to it. And I'm sure you heard the book, The Body Keeps the Score is a yeah. it says it so much more eloquently than I do in a full book. But <laughs> um, <laughs> If your oh, body, let me just note that that's a Western medicine practitioner who wrote that book. Yes, he's very, not, yes. you know, some spiritual woo guy over here. Exactly. I thought exactly. that was a real triumph for that book to get published and get such a huge following. I agree, and I love that book. Yeah. And if we're constantly hanging on to these emotions that aren't serving us, then we, our body, will let us know. And you know, I call it like the triad. So your body's going to start like kind of tapping you on the shoulder, like, "Hey, something's going on." You know, like you got knee pain. You better listen up. And then you don't listen to that. Now your knee is like you had to have knee surgery, and like I told you, you got to start listening. And then you ignore that one, and then your whole body just starts shutting down because you really aren't listening. And you know, the, your body's like knocking the door down, like, "Hey, wake up!" And that's what happened to me. So um, stress is really, you know, a huge factor, but we experience stress because we aren't able to manage our emotions well. And I had to go through a lot of upheaval and rooting up things from my entire life and past lives so that I could understand why I was experiencing certain emotions more than others. You know, why I was impatient, why I'm stubborn, why I had fear of abandonment, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and once I started healing all, all of these aspects, 
my body started to just heal. Like my bladder, I had such a bad bladder because that's one of the very common symptoms of MS. And I would go to the bathroom constantly. That healed. I had terrible stomach issues. I had candida so bad, it took me a year to get rid of it. And that was a miserable year. Um, So I had so many issues physically that I actually cleared up. And I thought, well, isn't that something? (laughs) That means other people can do it too. And so I've been symptom-free for about 18, 19 years now. That's totally amazing. And I know you studied at the Integrative Nutrition Institute, which is a wonderful school. And it's interesting that you started with food as, you know, because we can't not eat. We have to eat all the time to stay well and alive. And so it makes sense. But many of us would go to stress management first. So what made you choose food first? Well, I think I was at that time looking at the anti-inflammatory benefits. Mm -hmm. So what can I do to decrease my inflammation? And naturally, it kind of just goes to food. So this is back in like 2001. Um, And, you know, really at that time, Google was just really beginning to be a thing. So it was kind of like nothing was really censored yet. You could really find really great things on the internet at that time. It wasn't the same like six articles at the top, you know, six websites (laughs) at the top. So I went to food because I realized I have to create an anti-inflammatory environment in my body Mm. so that the lesions in my brain wouldn't be affected and wouldn't have that inflammation to create symptoms. Mm -hmm. Now that makes sense. Now your master's was in kinesiology. And the only reason I'm bringing it up now is that it is a really little talked about modality for discovering what a body wants when a practitioner is thinking, maybe this will work, maybe this will work. So explain kinesiology, if you would, to people. Sure. So my degree, kinesiology means the study of the body and movement. So whether that means applicable to an athlete or applicable from your subconscious, um, which is how I use it now, we can use the body to determine what it needs, essentially. So for example, if someone has very stiff hips, like I do, okay, there's a, uh, a root in stubbornness of or fear of moving forward in life and the ability to take the next steps. Mine stems from, I was a dancer also, so that's part of it. But um, So if you can understand how the body is speaking to you and you can get confirmation from your body, you can then use that to your advantage to understand what your body needs next. So for my clients, I use what's called emotional clearing. And so it's another form of kinesiology. And I will use a sway test to understand what their subconscious needs. And it's usually about releasing something and then go through and release what the body is ready to release through the client's subconscious which is really cool it's so fascinating so a lot of people use like the arm test where they press down on the arm testing some people might Uh call it muscle testing yeah yeah um so the sway test is another form of muscle testing where i stand up and a a forward sway is a yes and a backward sway is a not yes 
And it's, I found out pretty early on that this is a gift of mine. I'm just really easily able to do this. I was trying to teach other people along the way, like, you don't have to call me all the time. You you know, I'll let me teach you how to do it. And people aren't able to do that. I mean, there are people, but people I've come across are just, they struggle doing it. So I guess it's just a gift of mine, <laughs> but I can very easily find out anything that's coming from your subconscious just by doing a simple sway test that mm. takes you know, seconds. Yeah. So learning all this, what I did after the food kind of helped and I got rid of my candida, um, I realized that there was more layers and I went in and did emotional releasing. So when we hold on to these emotions, not only will they lodge in certain body parts, especially your hip flexors, trauma goes right to the hip flexors, but it will wrap around your heart, like a layer around your heart. Hmm. And that layer prevents you from being your authentic self. So the more layers we put on, the more you live out of ego because those layers are trying to protect you. When we can remove all these layers, which I did for myself, I mean, my whole life changed, not drastically, like not right away. It took a year, but friends I had, no, we didn't see eye to eye anymore. I lost my friends. I lost, I was just a different person because I was finally being able to be myself coming from my own heart because my heart didn't have these walls around it. Mm. It was free to be itself. And I found that to be the most impactful thing anyone can do because when you are being authentically you, you are, I say, working in a job that is fulfilling you're in relationships that are fulfilling. You love and respect yourself. And from those three things, you can live a beautiful, robust life in which you follow your heart's desires rather than societal norms. I'm a child of the 70s. So there are certain patterns we had to follow. Like you finish high school, you go to college, you get married, you have the kids, blah, blah, blah. That's what I did. And that was not, should not have been my past because I had a really horrible marriage and divorce from that. Mm. So um, great kids, but the divorce was horrifying. And once I fully released all these emotions, I was able to find my path and express myself my way rather than what my parents say or society says I should do. I let go of needing to I don't drink alcohol anymore. I let go of needing alcohol to party, to wear the certain clothes, to have the certain car, the how you know, all those things that really didn't matter to me, but I thought they did because society told me I did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking back, you said you're a child of the seventies and I'm thinking back to um, being a child of the 60s. I was a child, like born in the fifties. And my girlfriend often reminds me that her mother, who was a nurse, this is related to emotions, would say, if she got upset, if you want to cry, I'll give you something to cry about. And I know a lot of my friends come from that. We didn't go to the doctor unless we were dying in my house. And we were supposed to keep a stip of her lip, as the Brits would say, and just carry on. I'm thinking that that is a conditioned way of living, even at, at, at this point. And yet I know for many people in their their 60s, 70s, even maybe 50s, we want to not have that conditioning. It's like a shell that is just, it won't break. It won't, it's just there. 
we're kind of used to it, but maybe we want to get in touch with our feelings a little bit more. Tell me what the value is for somebody to get in touch with the feelings that they've been sort of like, I'm okay without that level of intimacy or emotion. I'm good. Well, again, it goes back to really living from your heart center. You know, there, I come across this type of person. This, these, that's my typical client. And I just had two today before this call in their 60s who are, they're so riddled with MS at this point. Mm. One is living in a dangerous marriage and her body, she can barely walk mm. because she is holding on to so much stuff. So for example, if you're holding on to anger because you're angry about your disease or your marriage or the way you were brought up and you continue to hold on to all that, that not only uh, causes liver and gallbladder issues. So like constipation, skin conditions, you know, because you can't get rid of the toxins because you're holding on. Okay. So everything's like a metaphor that comes out as true. You're holding on to things. So now you can't let them go. And so when that happens, your body will let you know. Go back and take this part out. I was just <laughs> asking emotions in general or suppressing levels of intimacy that we might want to enjoy. And I don't even mean sexual intimacy. I mean, intimacy with friends and family. But we're like, eh, I'm okay. That's going to open up a can of worms. So I'm asking you, what would really be the benefit for somebody to take that on? If you can summarize. The benefit would be you finally get to live the life you want to live. And when I always ask people, when you get to your deathbed, are you going to say, really? No one says, I wish I worked more. Everyone always says, I wish I had loved more. I wish I had done the things that I really desired to do, but held back from doing because of X, Y, Z. Because otherwise you're going to come back into the next lifetime having to learn the same lessons again. So no one else is walking in your shoes. You might as well wear the right shoes. Yours, like the that. shoes that fit you. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. What does a typical coaching um, arrangement with you look like? Is it live? Yeah. It's all remote, which is awesome. Everything I do can be done remotely. And uh, my one-on-one coaching, there is a platform you go on to and you get um, you get all the material on the platform, but then we do our one-on-one and go over what specifically you need to help you become your true self. So also I was thinking about the way, so we've talked about conditioning as we're getting older, or I mean, from when we were young to now, what about, the societal conditioning um, of it's an always on type of situation, which is stressful. Um, some of us like engaging with the media and following politics or sports or, and it's so high energy and ampy and this and that. If somebody feels like, well, that's just okay. That's who I am. Are we fooling ourselves? Is that bad for our, our energetic system or are some people able to do it and others should really just back away? Uh, there's definitely degrees, but I, I always tell people everything you consume with your five senses, you need to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a little bit foolish to think that watching, especially news or reading news or hearing news is beneficial in any way, because I promise you it's not. I stopped watching news about a year, uh, 
probably three years ago now. Time goes by fast. It does. Um, and it has been completely amazing. And I have all my clients do that. And that some of them have a really hard time. They'll stop for a week, but then they go back because they're conditioned to be addicted to the drama. That's all news is, right? It's inciting um, polarity. This side, that side. This I'm 100% or that. that person. <laughs> I don't think I ever used to be, but over the past decade or so, I've just become addicted. I'm waiting for some excitement today. And today that we're watching this, uh, a killer who was on the loose in Pennsylvania finally, after 12 days, got arrested. Bingo. Big story, you know? And But to me, that feels like a celebration story. But in fact, it's probably not because the days leading up to it were all anxious and wondering what was going to happen. Correct. And and that's the whole point. That's how they make their money is by inciting some kind of like drama and getting you on one side or the other. You remember the OJ case, you know, oh, and everyone gosh. had this yeah. like polarity of it. And, you know, we we're all rooting for one side or the other. I mean, I think that's kind of when I realized like, oh, my, we're glued to this TV over something that we probably still don't really know the truth to, no matter how many court cases they have. So it it really does not do you any good because it lowers your frequency. But that's the same with music. That's the same with the foods you eat. You know, you can eat processed foods or you can eat live herbs. Um, anything you smell, you taste, you hear, you see, all of it encompasses consuming, even things that you put topically on your skin. Mm-hmm. All of that will either raise or lower your frequency, and that will raise or lower your ability to feel into your own self. We participate in activities like alcohol or news or um, too much exercise, shopping, to numb ourselves from feeling our own feelings because we've been taught that don't feel like shove it down. I'll give you something to cry about. Pull your big girl panties up, you know, all that stuff. (laughs) And that's not healthy because it's teaching us that our emotions don't matter. And they absolutely do. It's a way to gauge where we are right now. But if we're always shoving those emotions down, then we're always high energy because we're always looking for something to do to take our time and our mind away from what really matters, which is our heart. Because really, we're here to love and be of service to others, but we can't be of service to others if we're not doing it to ourselves. And Mm -hmm. so I teach my clients that you have to serve yourself first. You have to come first before you can help other people. Mm -hmm. And everyone has a gift to help other people. But if you don't know who you are or what your gift is, then how are you going to help other people first? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know... They both play on each other. Yeah. Now, there's a scale of vibration, speaking of energetic frequencies. Isn't there, like if we're feeling anger is better than depressed and something else, can you run through a couple of those so people can recognize where they are? Yes. So Dr. David Hawkins developed the scale of consciousness, and that scale goes from zero to a thousand. Zero is you're not living, and 1,000, you're no longer living. So you are spirit. Mother Teresa was at 741. Hitler was at like two, I want to say 224 or something like that. So at the very bottom is guilt and shame. Those are some of the worst 
emotions that you can project out or keep inside of you projecting out because they will keep you in a very stuck state. Moving up from that is fear. Fear is not much better, but it's a little better. And then moving up from that is anger. And I tell people, fear keeps you victim mode. So if you are always like, I can't because I can't because, you know, why me? That's all victim mode. And uh, society did a really good job of putting us into fear mode, fear victim mode, you know, 2019 to 2022. Um, And anger is up from that because at least anger, you're doing some kind of action to change something. And I always reference protesters. They're always angry, but they're at least trying to do something. They mean well, but it's out of anger. But at least they're proactive and not in the victim mode. Mm-hmm. So going up from that, we get into like courage and willingness. And then um, love is at 600. So there's 1% of the population is there. Mm-hmm. So when I tell people, you cannot love anyone else until you love yourself. Mm-hmm. People like to fight that with me, but that's okay. <laughs> I promise you it's not possible to love anyone else until you love yourself because you don't know what true love is. Love on that scale, like the true meaning of love is unconditional, meaning even if your neighbor purposely crashed their car into your house, you would still have to love them. And that's really hard to do. But love starts from within. Everything starts from within and not without. We always have to go internal to find our, you know, our barometer, our compass to go north. And if we don't know where that north heading is, we're always going to be searching around us, you know, the other 359 degrees going, where's north? Where's north? I don't know where it's at. So until you uncover all these emotions and really come back to just a state of being able to be by yourself, blissful by yourself, blissful no matter what. I was in jail from my divorce. I was in jail for 24 hours. I sat there saying, okay, I can either rise from the ashes or I can become the victim. And I chose to rise and I had to send, it was really hard, but I had to send them love as much as I could because if I didn't do that, I would succumb to all the negative feeling around that whole marriage and incident and all that stuff. So it's it's all on you. You have to be the one to create peace and space and love and joy inside of you. It does not come from without. That new handbag does not bring you love or happiness. It's this excitement of maybe something new or or bringing some um, visual object into your life that feels pretty for you. That could just be flowers. It doesn't have to be a handbag. So going without, looking without you does not create a space of peace, love, and joy. It has to come from within. I was listening to uh, Esther Hicks the other day on my walk. Some people may know it as Abraham. And I was about to have a meeting that day, a client meeting. And it's not an easy relationship. And I just put on a thing on YouTube and I was like, I just need the perfect message because I wanted to be, by the time I got there, I wanted to be in the highest vibration possible and the best energy because this person is a valued client. 
And sure enough, what I got was sometimes to your point about being in jail and just trying to be at a higher level of energy. Sometimes you have to take a step back from what you think the situation is there for. So they talk about, you know, you create your life with your emotions and the thing you don't want, if you keep thinking about it, you're going to get more of that. So you try not to think about it, but then you think about it. And basically they were saying, just go to the situation, be in the situation with an open mind, bring no idea about it, no polarity, good, bad, or indifferent, and see what there is there for you. And sure enough, I had the best client meet because I just said, okay, I don't know what it's here for. I don't know why we're having this rocky road, but there's something here. I just went in, I was smiling. I was happy. We had a great call. So I wanted to sort of the takeaway for that for the listeners and to Tracy's point, it's hard sometimes to just be neutral. If neutral is the best you can be, but at least not going to a dark place, sending love might be really hard, but at least try to be neutral and love yourself in that moment. Don't blame, don't shame. You said those are the lowest on the vibrational scale. Then there might just be a breakthrough waiting for you in that moment. Would you say? Absolutely. Very true. Yeah. Anytime we start to stick labels on ourselves and other people, that's when we start to judge and judgment leads to resentment and anger and fear and blame and guilt. And so, like you said, just, even sitting in the neutral, giving our space, ourselves the space to just feel. I always say it's okay to be uncomfortable. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable mm-hmm. because sometimes that uncomfortable space is where you have astronomical growth. Yeah. And so just, you know, allow it's okay to, we're emotional creatures. Right. Yeah. And a lot of life is challenging in such a way that learning to be comfortable in discomfort is a really great handy tool to have <laughs> these days. So do you still do retreats? I do. I don't have one until next October, but it's going to be in Panama. It's on an island. Nice. Very excited about that. And then in 2025, I have another one in Costa Rica on another like private island area of Costa Rica. Beautiful. And people can find out about these at your website, which is consciousevolution.coach, which I like. And you have a meetup group still in Chicago? I have a meetup group. Um, Yeah. So I do cacao ceremonies and sound healing. um, And I just kind of get asked at places to do them. And so I'll put them on my meetup page so people can find me. Okay. So I'm thinking that the best way for people to get information about these and your self-guided classes, et cetera, is to go to the website and sign up for, to be in touch, right? Yes, absolutely. Sign up for my emails and you will get, I don't send out a lot, but I send out when there's important information for uh, my subscribers to know. Exactly. Now, quickly, just tell me what these self-guided courses are. I didn't notice them until just now. Um, I have... See, I have a chakra course that's a, it hits all the chakras. It's a little more than basic, but it's pretty basic mm-hmm. so that you can understand what the chakras are about. Then I have a more advanced chakra course and I have my, so I have my one-on-one coaching on there. Mm-hmm. If people don't want to pay for the one-on-one coaching, you can get all the material in my course 
but there's no one-on-ones. So you get all the material. It's a lot of material, a lot of videos, a lot of written homework, but there's no one-on-one. So that's $333 for that course. Um, I think I have a release your limiting beliefs course. And a pineal gland activation course, which is free. Head over to her website, consciousevolution.coach and get on the list for the free stuff, become a client. Tracy's the kind of guest that I know some people feel like that's a little weird for me. That's a little woo, but I have to tell you, there's nothing weird or woo about energy is everything. I've said it before. And I feel like the future of medicine and wellness and health and everything is going to rely more and more on energetic techniques, finding the energy in the person and working with that, as opposed to uh, bringing things in from the outside, as you said, because everything's an inside job. So Tracy, I would just ask you to give us one thing to send off my listeners, one thing they can do today to help them raise their vibration. Go outside in nature, walk barefoot in your grass, dirt, sand, hug a tree, doesn't matter, but connect with nature because you are you are the same as everything outside. Yeah. We are all one. So connect and then you will start to feel a little more grounded back into yourself again. Perfect ending. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your time and your expertise. And uh, people, I'll be back next week with another excellent guest. Take care till then. Hey, peeps, before you run, in case you're not 100% sure you're doing everything you can to age as well as you can, which means you'll feel better longer, you might want to check out my Age Better Lifestyle Assessment. It will give us a clear picture of where you are now and what small changes you might want or need to make to improve how you feel, how you look, and how you age. Check it out at rebelliouswellnessover50.com in the Work With Greg section. 